Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, welcome to Boston Balls. I'm Pat Caputo along with the webmaster, Evan Jenkins. Uh, we talk drafts, prospects, in the future. And one of the phenomenons that has happened lately is Brad Holmes, the Lions general manager. Uh, his drafts haven't been good his free agent acquisitions haven't been good. His trades haven't been good. They've been great. And I always say this to uh, uh, people when they start saying, well, you know, I, I put trust in this guy. I really think that whatever he does, even if it's outside the box, and that's happened a couple times with Brad Holmes. And I've told that to people. But none of the things that look like mistakes potentially have really hurt the Lions. And his drafts have been utterly phenomenal when it comes down to building a roster. This team is really good. It's really good in a short period of time when Holmes and Dan Campbell inherited a complete and total mess. And it's all working out, Evan, as perfectly as it possibly can. I mean, even things that look like mistakes, some of them egregious, uh, Jamison uh, Williams taken in the draft at 12 overall. He did pretty well later in the year. It's yeah. not like, oh, this guy will never do anything. They handled that perfectly. Uh, you look at a player like uh, Levi Uzarike, who had back issues, didn't look like he was that good a player, had a key sack here in one of the games. Paschal started the playoff game for him uh, at defensive end. It looked like he was a bust. And he's hit so many home runs, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, would you, if you retook his drafts, you'd still take Aiden Hutchinson second overall without question, right? For sure. You would take Penny Sewell. Penny Sewell at seven overall, even though Micah Parsons is such a wrecking ball. Penny Sewell is a first team all pro. Yeah. Hutchinson's in the Pro Bowl already. And I think, what was he, second team all pro or something like that? Yeah. I mean, even this past year, he was highly criticized for taking Gibbs, Campbell, and Laporta as high as he did. And, all three of those guys are part of the reason why they're in the position they are this year. Yeah, really, overall, would you rather have Jalen Carter or Gibbs after looking at that year last year? I mean, Jalen Carter. The, he started off hot and then he faded. Where Gibbs yeah. on the other, you know, they, they started him slow and his rise has been, you know, just like that uh, old Price is Right game. And, it, you know, it's all it's forgotten that uh, if you were to look at the season that Ayla McNeil, a third round draft pick, had 
and juxtaposed it, especially the first half with uh, Jalen Carter. <laughs> They're not that much difference. Jalen Carter's real talent, and you don't have to worry about what's going on off the field. You don't exactly. have to worry about your culture in the locker room. And, of course, uh, you go beyond, and it looked like second round was tough. The one that, that just absolutely has blown me away is uh, the Fitu Milanfanwu here oh, yeah. late in the second half. I mean, that guy, he was the first pick they used out of the Keith Stafford trade. And he looked like he couldn't play. He was hurt. You know, all these different things. He was drafted as a corner. They moved him to safety. And he was about as good as any safety in the league, you know, starting in December when it was money time. Yeah, he was like a missile off the edge. When you needed a guy from the secondary to go blitz, he was your man. And he got home almost all of the time. He uh, had a pass rush grade after one game, a 99 from Pro Football Focus. I don't think I've ever seen that. What is the so, highest? Is like 100 the highest? Yeah, yeah. I okay. mean, it's uh, – so he – and he, he's – Made some really good plays in the secondary. Well, you go look list. at James Houston last year, what he right. did. Now, obviously, he's been hurt this year, but, I mean, there's still a lot of high hopes that that kid comes back for the playoffs and can put some pressure off the edge. But his sacks, when he got in there, it's not a coincidence. It's about the same time the teams, which had started out 1-6, turned it around. Yeah. It, it's uh, amazing. Sixth-round pick, and then you've got uh, – you know, the, the all-timer, uh, Amar Ross St. Brown. I mean, Amar Ross St. Brown is first-team all-pro. I mean, Amar Ross St. Brown, a fourth-round draft pick. And a guy that doesn't kill you with speed, a guy that doesn't kill you with his height or his physicality. Yes, he's he's a big, strong guy, but in a smaller body, I mean – and and he goes out there and he produces – a lot of people didn't think he was going to be a wide receiver one. He is by far, and he's a top five receiver in the game, if you ask me. So, in, okay, let's look at this. We didn't mention Kirby Joseph yet, starting right. safety. He, yeah. he didn't have that great a year overall, but he picks off a lot of passes and makes big plays. And if he doesn't hit uh, Higby, the tight end from the Rams, the Lions don't win that game. You know, I said, well, hit him in the knee. Well, it's illegal. You know, don't bobble the ball and start looking at it and not expect to get hit. Uh, I don't think he was doing it to try to ruin his career, trying to win the game. Uh, he has been excellent. And, and this past draft, Gibbs, Laporta, Jack Campbell is going to be an all-rookie. I think he was named all-rookie by Pro Football Focus, by the way. Yeah, he almost had 100 tackles this year and didn't play very much at all to start the year. And – what are the Lions really good at defensively? What do they do? They take away the run of the opposition. Mm -hmm. He's played a big factor in that. Their linebacker core is better. But he's been overshadowed simply because all these other other players are so good. And Brian Branch got it off to such a hot start. <laughs> Another one, yeah. Really he good just, player. just forget about him, you know? Like, that's well, how good their draft was. It's unbelievable. And it comes on top of two other drafts that were back-to-back -back the best drafts the Lions have ever had in history. Well, and heck, so, if you go back, the biggest trade in Lions history was Brad Holmes moving Matthew Stafford when he first got here. Yeah, and uh, I don't know how you all felt, but uh, truthfully, I thought Jared Goff was a bridge quarterback, that they would draft the quarterback early in the draft and that he would be not – and Jared Goff's way better than that, way Absolutely. better than that. 
you know, and you, even you, I don't, go ahead. And Brad Holmes, I mean, from day one, I would say 99% of people thought he was just going to be a guy until the next guy. But Brad Holmes has stuck to his guns this entire time and it constantly said that Jared Goff can win in this league. Jared Goff can do this, that, and the other thing. And boy, did he prove a lot, a lot, a lot of people wrong. And a lot of people were against Goff, too, because how they started off with him, right? And, and just the team in general under Campbell and all of that. And they've gone and put egg on every single person's face. And, and it's, Pat, I went to that game on Sunday. I have never, I've covered a lot of events in my 20 years doing this. I have never been to an event like that where the crowd was on their feet from 30 minutes before the game to the very end of the game. And, you know, people say culture, and that's exactly what Brad Holmes brought in was a culture. I mean, look at him on that elevator after they won, sitting there screaming. Ah! That's a guy that cares more than I have ever seen a general manager care, at least emotionally. You know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, without so he's been spectacular. Now here's the thing: he's obviously off to an absolutely incredible start. All right, but where does he rank? Is it fair if we're doing a ranking of all-time great general managers in Detroit? I'm talking about throw the Pistons, the Tigers, and Red Wings in there. Where does he rank among those? And uh, is he similar where he's? Not similar to that. Who would you so say the, off the top, off the, off the top of your head, you think the greatest GM in uh, uh, not Tigers Detroit sports history's been? Okay, so I have a bias, obviously, because of the sports that I like. But I think Jack McCloskey is up there um, for the Pistons and those '80s and '90s teams. Um, Ken Holland is obviously going to be up there. A lot of Red Wing fans soured on here near the end and. That wasn't necessarily his team, and that was, what, Devilano's team or something like that. Um, I, I personally think Dave Dombrowski belongs up there, too. Yes, he did not bring a championship here, but like we talked about, I, I was born in 1983. That was the win, the only winning baseball I've seen in my entire life was when Dave Dombrowski was here. But the question that I have about Holmes, because, yes, hindsight is twenty twenty. Martin Mayhew got the Lions team to two playoff appearances. Yes, they did not win. Does that win right there for you cement him and everybody else is a distant second? As far as Lions GMs, yes. Um, okay. The difference between Martin and uh, Brad Holmes is Martin hit with Stafford, right? He gets the job. He's got the first overall pick, and believe it or not, Stafford was not a no-brainer. No, you know, I was, was on I, Aaron Curry. I was on, yeah, the, the linebacker from Wake Forest and Robinson, an uh, offensive tackle from Auburn. Yep. And Lion fans love offensive tackles. And I think Penny Sue was showing exactly why they're right. And Decker, too. And uh, so, but Martin, he also drafted Sue. And yep. uh, he had other choices. And you can debate whether you should have taken Eric Berry there, who's like a Hall of Fame type player. Uh, but I don't know. It's kind of hard not to not to think that that was the right pick. And it was pretty obvious, I think, at the time. Yeah, uh, it but, just made me think because, I mean, those are my Lions playoff appearances as an adult were, you know, 11, 14, and 16 up until this year. And they obviously get, they, they didn't get anywhere to what they are now. And it, they didn't they didn't draft. They didn't draft well past the first round. They got one right. guy who was an outstanding player for a couple of years. I mean, a true difference maker. 
and he's probably forgotten about a lot of Lions fans, uh, but it was DeAndre Levy. And he was the yeah. key to the 2014 defense. Uh, he didn't even make the Pro Bowl, but it was he was a phenomenal player. Uh, but it was only for a couple of years, and he was a great leader too, a uh, great leader in the locker room and all that. But other than that, he he missed on a lot of guys, and not anybody in the later rounds really. You know, the okay. only one he got was Quant, uh, was Diggs. Yes, uh, uh, yeah, uh, from it was like uh, a sixth round pick from Texas. Sixth round pick, and he was he's still playing well in the league. And but that, other than that, Darius Slay with the first pick of the second round uh, was a pretty darn good pick. But he missed on a lot of guys beyond the first round, sure. and that ultimately uh, caused the problem. And he focused too much on getting weapons for Stafford, you know, and that became a problem for everybody. Uh, the one thing I like about what Brad Holmes has done, and the difference between that is he's pretty much balanced the roster. Now, they haven't been able to fix the defense the way they want to, but they sure as heck tried. I mean, if Mosley had been able to play this year and uh, Gardner-Johnson were healthy for the entire year, it wouldn't have been uh, you know nearly as iffy. But I got to tell you, Kirby Joseph and Melifonwu have been outstanding, you know, in a certain yeah. sense. And I, I thought for uh, people rip on Jerry Jacobs, and he shouldn't have been starting. That was out of necessity, but he wasn't even drafted. All right. So, I mean, you already got a lot out of that. I mean, he made some mm -hmm. key interceptions and things that helped him win games too. So uh, they've, they've done a, a really, really good job of building their roster. Now let's try to, let's, Oh, I was going to say, let's try to narrow it down. Okay. So if, if he's number one with the lines with a bullet, like we can all agree on that. Without so the Pistons, the Pistons are interesting because you have the 80s and then you have the Joe Dumars teams. Um, where, wh Who is number one for you with the Pistons? Jack McCloskey. Okay. You know, Joe did a great job uh, initially and basically built a team out of nothing with a lot of acquisitions. But the job that uh, McCloskey did was phenomenal. Uh, yeah. Bill Lamb, you know, if you think about it, Bill Lambeer, Bill Lambeer shared starting time at Notre Dame when he was in college with Bruce Flowers, who's from Berkeley High School, all right, played oh. the NBA very briefly. And Notre Dame had great teams back then, Digger Phelps, and, and Bill Lambeer was a top recruit and everything. Uh, but to get Bill Lambeer uh, from Cleveland and then have somebody who could lead the league in rebounds, uh, he inherited uh, Isaiah Thomas which, uh, you know, was obviously a, a key. And he managed to build the team around those guys uh, very, very successfully uh, in, in the period that he was the uh, uh, general manager. Buda Edwards, Vinnie Johnson, they were kind of cast-offs from other teams. Uh, and they came in Detroit and had perfect roles for them. And, and uh, he Guire via trade, I mean. Well, they got him. He got Adrian Dantley who was a big-time scorer, and he ended up uh, being traded for Mark Aguirre. So he acquired a guy and then traded him for a guy, which is a lot of the things that general managers do. But uh, basketball is a lot different than sports, you, than football in that regard. Football, you don't see those type of trades nearly as much. He drafted Joe Dumars late in the first round. Uh, yeah, I mean, McNeese know, State, who would have thought? Right, Exactly. Dennis Rodman in the second round. Mm -hmm. uh, 
And also, he was integral uh, with uh, Chuck Daly being hired as head coach. And without which, Chuck, I don't think any of that happens. Right. And he was just like the perfect orchestra. And, and Chuck, he knew Chuck Daly for a long time in the past and all that. But Chuck didn't have very successful uh, coaching experience as a head coach at in the NBA. He was a, had a real good team at Penn. And they also brought in the perfect uh, assistant general manager, a guy named Dick Harder. So he had coaches in the, his pipeline that he brought in. And uh, with Joe, look, Joe did a terrific job and, until it kind of fell apart on him. Uh, Basically, when Bill Davidson passed away is when it went sour on him. Well, he, he, what he did is at the end, and he did the same thing that Ken Holland did, essentially. They were very similar in their M.O., they kept signing free agents that weren't that good with cap space. And ultimately it just led to, you know, a demise rather than a continuation. But initially uh, Joe Dumar is getting Chauncey Billups for nothing. I thought it was a terrible trade at the time. You know, why are you trading your best player, Jerry Stackhouse for Richard Hamilton? Right. You know, it, it turned out to be a great trade when Grant Hill uh, left to go to Orlando and they had to sign and trade. The player everybody was talking about was Chucky Atkins, you know, but it was Ben Wallace. Oh, and by the way, Ben Wallace is in there. Yeah, they, they wanted, uh, what was his name, Ben Amici or John Amici? It was the guy that yeah. they wanted, and yeah, they the couldn't get him. So they got, yeah. Yep, Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace. You talk about hitting the – you can say it's lucky and not good, but it, 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 it is what it is. Exactly. And, uh, so, and Chauncey Billups, that, Chauncey Billups to me is, was the best player on those teams. Yeah, And there were a lot of good players on those teams, but, you know, he bounced around the league and was considered a draft bust. So, and Tayshawn Prince, you know, at a time when kids started coming out early, stayed his whole time at Kentucky, and they took him late in the first round. And he pulled the trigger at just the right time uh, on the Rasheed Wallace trade. So yep. all the things that people have angst about Joe with, you know, the uh, Darko pick, uh what happened later on in his tenure? Ben Gordon trading right. Chauncey for Allen Iverson, all that stuff. And you um, know, so I would say if I'd go McCloskey number one with the Pistons, and number two, uh, Joe Dumars, obviously. I, I, would, put, I would not put Troy Weaver on that list. No, uh, no. Okay, I think I rank where Troy Weaver is right now. But um, with the Red Wings, I mean, it's without a doubt it's Ken Holland, right? Uh, Red Wings got a long history, so it, it depends on how far back you go. Uh, they had their great cup runs with uh, uh, Jack Adams, they had the trophy for the coach of the year is named after, but he was kind of a a, a tough old curmudgeon type of guy that uh, the penny pincher and you know, always trying to. So he kind of broke up the team too early. Uh, he traded Ted Willie, Ted Lindsay out of spite to Chicago for really being integral in the union being started uh, for oh. the players. And uh, he, he, so he, he had a great team in the 50s that won multiple cups, and he broke it up. So it's you know, so it depends on how you look at it. Uh, Jimmy Devolano was the guy that built the Red Wings. Jimmy Devolano okay. was the orchestrator. If you were to talk about a number one guy, it's Jimmy D. Uh, because Jimmy D came in and, uh, you know, Mike Illich, you know, constantly when he bought the baseball team was looking for his Jimmy D and he felt that he found it in Dave Dombrowski ultimately, but Jimmy D came in, they were called the dead wings, all those things, uh, drafted Iserman, you know, and that was 
very, very important. And he was he was the orchestrator of everything that the Red Wings built up to then. Ken Holland was a benefactor of that uh, when he came in. Now, Ken Holland was a brilliant general manager at times. He did some really good things. Great hockey guy, deserves a spot in the Hall of Fame. Uh, but Jimmy D was uh, the orchestrator of that. So if you ask me, and I'm not big on Jack Adams, knowing all the stuff that I know about the Red Wings history and everything, I would without question uh, go with Jimmy D. Yeah, right, so oh, go ahead. And uh, and Iserman will probably be the best all time, I'm guessing. I don't know. We'll see how he does. Okay. You know, the team is making a lot of progress here. They're looking pretty good. Uh, I would say uh, that in baseball. This uh, is what I was waiting for. It's Randy Smith. No, it's not. I used to get so much heat about Randy Smith when I was, you know, Randy had, you know, a lot of good ideas and everything. And John McHale brought him in. But he had seven years and a lot of his prospects all faded out. Uh, but Dave Dombrowski had to pick up the pieces from that. And I, I thought Dave Dombrowski was utterly brilliant as a general manager with the Tigers. It amazes yeah. me that, uh, you know, he's, he's the success he has wherever he goes, it follows him, you know. And it, it, the irony of it is he came up in an organization, Montreal, where they were cheap. And he, you know, he built his teams like that. And they, he built a, basically a team that had the best record in baseball. And it was basically stopped because of a strike. And then he goes to uh, the Marlins, and they struggle, they struggle, they struggle. They finally have a winning team, and it wins the World Series. And uh, with the Tigers, the first four or five years, you know, were just brutal with Dave as GM. But he hired Leland at just the right time. And, yeah. they, and, they, and they drafted Justin Verlander. And that changed the whole course of the franchise. Justin Verlander wasn't going to sign with the Tigers either. Uh, really? He, they, they, Dave Dombrowski came out and had announcements that we're not signing him. We can't sign him and all that. Uh, and then his, Justin Verlander's father stepped in for the agent, and they and he had been a negotiator in a, in a union, and they ended up signing him. But they came out, and that was, the, you know, like seven or ten days in between. It looked like he, he was gone. And Verlander turned out to be an all-time great pick. You know, Evan, it's amazing how this works, all right? You've heard of Homer Bailey, right? The guy who pitched for the Reds. He threw a couple yeah. no-hitters. The Tigers uh, were going to take Homer Bailey. He was a high school kid from Texas, and he was a pretty good major league pitcher. He was. And Verlander ended up being the pick. And Verlander was 21 and 18 at uh, in college in a non-Power 5 conference. And he pitched for the USA team and everything, and he threw really, really hard. But he, he had a, a situation where if you look at Justin's motion, where he lands on his front leg, he's got what they call a stiff front leg. Look at every picture of him finishing his motion. And you know yeah. how pitchers usually got his leg bent and going toward the plate? Yeah. Justin's is bent almost hyperextends. And this was an issue that they went back and forth with. And uh, guy, he's taking that same pitching motion and, you know, to the Hall of Fame, one of the all-time great pitchers, the greatest in Tigers history. And was getting him some... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Was the key to that turnaround. That and the draft pick of uh, uh, Joe Zamaya and yep. a pick that they had a little bit earlier in Curtis Granderson, a fourth rounder, and Brandon Inns, a second rounder. But they really messed up Brandon Inns' career for a long time. He was, was going to catch and they'd play third base and they were working on his uh, hitting style. And Dave, you know, people say, well, you know, Mike Yotes opened up his pocketbook and they went and got Pudge. Well, I think that turned around kind of a mindset in the organization. And he got Maglio, and those guys are key, and Kenny Rogers, right? But the key to Dave Dombrowski's success was the trades that he made. I mean, think about the players he got in trades. I mean, Carlos Guillen. Carlos Guillen. He got him for uh, actually (laughs) a minor leaguer named – Juan Gonzalez, who wasn't the Juan Gonzalez that wouldn't sign with the Tigers long-term, thank God. And uh, another minor league pitcher. He got Placido Polanco in a trade for Uga Thurbina, who spent seven years in a Venezuelan prison for setting a man on fire. <laughs> yeah. They gave a new meaning to firemen, Evan. A little bit. I mean, you got Max Scherzer. You, you got well, Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer. I don't know how they pulled off the Max Scherzer trade. Max Scherzer was an 11th overall pick, I think it was. And he had a fairly decent year in the major leagues. It wasn't like he was some kind of bust. And the guy's got a zillion-dollar arm. It's still going, you know? Yeah. Uh, what a trade. Austin Jackson, when Granderson, they had to move on from Granderson. Amazing uh, to get that type of player. Uh, just go down the list of players that he acquired at different times. Sometimes his trade deadline deals fell flat, but other times, look at Delman Young. Or Delman even, Young. Um, yeah, he was a AL MVP for the ALCS. You got, what about Gary Sheffield, how well he performed when he was healthy? Yeah, I mean. Prince Fielder, up, you signed his ass. Like, Well, I, that, I didn't, look, those signings were not Dave. Those were Mike Illich. Okay. And they didn't actually work out so well for him. They, he, but look how Dombrowski got out of the Prince Fielder deal. I mean, there was thought that it couldn't be done. Well, look what he got. You remember? Yeah, he, 
Ian Kinsler. Ian yep. Kinsler is a borderline Hall of Famer if you look up if you believe in in metrics. Yeah, he was a perennial All Star for the Rangers. He was a perennial All Star for the Tigers. Yeah, uh, you know, just a, absolutely amazing trading record. And I'm sure there are some of the things that just we're doing this off the top of our head we may have missed. So I got a lot of respect for him uh, as a baseball person, even though I look at him as a little bit too old school when it comes down to he he's all about scouts, not very much about analytics, even to this day. Uh, but Dave really did a phenomenal job in Detroit. And it's too bad they didn't win the World Series here. You know, but look what he's done in Boston and Philly, uh, putting together a team. Now, their drafts uh, during his time weren't overwhelmingly good. Now, they're picking a little bit later in the draft, but he didn't pick up a lot of good drafts. And and Dave did let the minor league system uh, go a little bit. Uh, Yeah, but wouldn't he trade those guys like the Andrew Millers, the Cameron Mabins of the world? He would try to look to move those guys and and get Jacob Turner, yeah. Yeah, and I forget yeah. whoever they traded for. Um, oh, the kid from the Braves, uh, Renteria. Like that was another big time move at that time. You know, getting him from the Braves and well, he had a few. Always, he had a few. He had a few that didn't work. Yeah. All right. You know, I always say it's about general managers that uh, they all miss. Uh, so when I looked at the the situation with uh, Dombrowski, he had a couple stinkers. One of them was. Uh, getting the uh, uh, big pasta, uh, Alfredo Simon, uh, in a, he he traded him and traded uh, Suarez, who's still raking all over baseball now. That didn't work out well. Uh, they threw in Willie Adamas in the trade uh, uh, with Tampa. Uh, that didn't work out so well. Get David Price because uh, Willie Adamas ended up being you know he still is you know a yeah. major league player. So we had a couple deals that came back and backfired many years down the road. I've got one. Jared Washburn. Yeah, Jared Washburn and Aubrey Huff. Those are two. <laughs> I see Aubrey Huff's always on uh, on social media. and He's, he's a big political of, guy these days. Pat. Yeah, he's, he's a big <laughs> political guy. And I always look at that and I, I think about the you know how baseball works because Aubrey Huff is a really good major league hitter. And when they got him, I, and, and Washburn, I thought, man, they're they're going to carry the Tigers to wherever they want to go because they were both really good. But Huff didn't do anything here. He was Nothing. awful. And then he goes to the Giants, kind of the same he has situation. Has like an all-star season. Right. With Renteria was the World Series MVP. <laughs> they, had players, they had players like Cody Ross from the Tigers. Remember that guy? You know, oh, the yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Andres Torres, you know. Had he finished – Seventh for the MVP the year after he played with the Tigers. Seventh Who, for the MVP. Renteria? No, um, Aubrey Huff. Aubrey, Aubrey Huff, Aubrey Hitler. Huff. 189 was, with the Tigers to 290 the following year. He had 26 home runs. Like That guy, you know, so every time I, I – and I don't care about his political opinion. I'm, I'm fine with, you know, whatever people want to say. You know, they stand by what yeah. they do. It has nothing to do with his political opinion, whether I agree or disagree. But every time I see him get up there, like – I think one time he answered some guy back like, well, you know, I played Major League Baseball and made it over there. And I'm like, yeah, but you were in Detroit, man. They don't have fine memories of you in Detroit, you know, because you hit everywhere else but Detroit. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure, you know. Uh, but it, Dombrowski did not sit still uh, when the team was going bad. He did stuff. 
he made moves. And, and, and uh, the irony is uh, Al Avila succeeded him. That was his downfall. He just didn't make, he did not make value for value trades. And when he finally did, got into the opportunity, it looked like he made a great trade for Austin Meadows and it wasn't. Uh, it was the complete opposite. So it backfired on him. So, but I, I have to say this, uh, I would put Dombrowski one. I know a lot of people, the old school people put Jim Campbell one. Uh, but, and it, this may be come from some kind of personal, Hey, you know, I knew this guy. He mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, he was a, he ran the organization down eventually where when Mike Illich bought it and granted Illich bought it for a bargain basement price. He took a franchise that had built this brilliant, you know, core of players that, uh, you know, was almost the winningest team of the uh, 1980s, despite having a terrible 89 season and did win that magical 84 season and just tore it down, you know, uh, and to put it up for sale because John Fetzer wanted to have it sold at some point. And that was a key. And they just they were that decision to basically not invest basically gut when everybody else was investing on more coaches in the minor leagues and all that ultimately led to a big downfall for the Tigers. But he, Jim Campbell, to his credit, uh, did make uh, some moves that were outstanding. He got Denny McLean uh, in a waiver deal. Uh, he, you know, they, their scouts did a great job of getting Bill Freehand and Willie Horton. By the way, my wife's grandfather signed those two players uh, for the Tigers, oh. Lou D'Annunzio. And, you know, plus like Mickey Stanley, Dick McAuliffe, uh, you know, that whole core of that team. Mickey Lolich, and they were from all over the country. A lot of guys from Michigan, actually, but all over the country. Mickey Lolich in Portland, Oregon. Dick McAuliffe in Massachusetts. You know, players from all over the country. Don Work from Pennsylvania. Uh, so their scouting did a real good job, but he, he just he, – he, and he, he ruled with an iron fist, you know. Uh, he was uh, a, a little bizarre. You know, did I ever tell you my Jim Campbell story? No. Uh, well, okay. Uh, it's 1989 season. The Tigers just totally faded. They had uh, 11 straight winning seasons and all this stuff. And then they had an awful season in 89. So all of a sudden, they're going into the free agent market, right? You know, you're hearing about they're making offers to these players of the time, Ken Herbeck, Pete O'Brien, and all that. And uh, it was before the cell phones, Evan. Then I go to a pay phone because at the winter meetings, they just put you in a room and you just sit there and try to break stories. It's kind of oh, weird yeah. thing. I've been there and, once. It was, yeah. yeah, pretty amazing. So I call Jim Campbell from a pay phone because I don't want anybody to hear what I'm saying. I call him up in his room and he answers the phone and he's, he's mad at me, you know. Uh, I don't know about what, but didn't like me and Vern Plaganoff, this guy from uh, M Live, because we were always breaking stories, and he, he sensed that we were getting from other people in the organization who okay. didn't like it, and he was right. And <laughs> I call and I say, uh, "Hey, Mr. Campbell, uh, what's with all the free agent signings that I keep uh, getting information from agents about? You know, this agent told me this, and this agent told me that." And he says to me, "He says, Mr. Campbell, huh?" I know what you're going to say as soon as you hang up this phone. You're going to say that fat old bald, and I don't want to even say it on a podcast, uh, but it's very on the thing. And, and, and he slammed the phone down on my ear. You know, I was <laughs> like, he said, oh, before he took a couple shots, how, he was, how do you know we didn't make a hell of an offer to Bobby Gritch? I mean, like in the 70s or something. 
was like, you know, <laughs> they signed one free agent over that whole period. It was Daryl Evans, you know, and all of a sudden they, they had to sign free agents. So I look at that. And again, this is a personal prejudice because his general manager, after he sat down, his general manager stepped down, uh, was uh, Bill LaJoy. And I knew Bill LaJoy very well. I was close to Bill LaJoy. You know, I, I played junior college baseball with his son. And, okay. uh, you know, all that. And uh, he wrote a book with my uh, the coach up there at St. Clair, uh, Dick Roach. And Dick Roach was a scout that signed uh, Derek Eater for the Yankees. He's the guy who said, this is a Hall of Famer, you know, and all that. And, you know, so I knew him and he knew me from like when I played because he knew people, you know, around. So he sure. hit it off with him real well. We were both real moody and kind of, you know, but Bill Joy, he's the one who acquired Willie Hernandez spring training uh, for John Walkenfuss and a couple other players. And he's the one that, uh, you know, was the scout, uh, scouting director when they signed Lou and Tram and, and Gibby and Jack Morris was a fifth round pick uh, and others. So I, I look at him more than Jim Campbell as being in that category. So if you ask me though, because Dombrowski had longevity uh, yeah, Bill was only, you know, Bill, I, I would, it's a, to me, it's a toss up between LaJoy and uh, looking at uh, uh, Dave Dombrowski because Bill LaJoy was yes, phenomenal. LaJoy had what, 84 and 87, right? Yeah, 84, 87. And he's the one who signed Cecil from Japan. The hey, player, Tony Phillips, Nicky yeah. Tettleton, kept the That's team competitive. Team, man. That's and, me growing up. And that's despite them taking away basically all bonus money. Lion Tigers would uh, draft guys on signability only, and they had yeah. terrible drafts throughout the uh, the eighties. I mean, it's just it was unbelievable. So uh, that that would be the, the the two with that. So looking at it, where does Brad Holmes rank with that? Is it fair to put him in that category? Uh, Lejoy yeah. won the World Series. All right, as GM, uh, Jim Campbell won a World Series as GM you look at uh Joe Dumars he won the NBA title had six straight years of teams that went to the Eastern Conference Finals went to another final you've got Jimmy Devolano who basically built a a a core of a a a team and a franchise in a way uh, that was basically ahead of its time and they ended up winning four cups in 11 years and Ken Holland was general manager for a lot of that. Where does that rank? And then, you know, you look at McCloskey and back-to-back championships. And what I think was the uh, salad days of the NBA with Magic, Bird, yeah. Michael Jordan, Akeem, in. Uh, Dominique, all those guys. Yeah. yeah. Dominique could dunk, man. Ooh. So could score a lot of points on a lot of shots. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. Yeah, he was great. Uh, but here, here's – where would you rank Holmes? Is it too early to put him in that kind of category? You know what sucks is, unfortunately, it's a matter of circumstance, and he would have to be four on that list. I understand that I know that football is king here, but you still got to win more than a wild card game for me. Now, now, if he beats the Bucks this weekend, I do think he goes into that three spot, and does he move down Dombrowski? Probably, because they're in the same boat, in my opinion. The thing that I, you know, that I know the sport's different. You can turn around in the NFL faster. I sure. think the one thing that about Brad Holmes that I would put on, you know, in his favor on that is it took a while. 
uh, for those other uh, GMs to win. Uh, Jim Campbell was the GM of the Tigers for a long time. You know, he had the one win and one other playoff appearance uh, when he was, well, yeah. And then in 84, LaJoy was integral to building the team. And then he made the key trade to put it over the top. He drafted all those guys. He was responsible for it. Uh, but, you know, it took a while. Uh, Tram and Lou were drafted in the mid-70s, uh, mid to late 70s, all those players, and it took till 84 that they won it. Uh, so they had time. Dombrowski, yeah. his first uh, few years as Tiger general manager, the team was basically a disaster. It, he had time. Uh, and uh, Joe, uh, he had a little bit of time, too, you know, before he yeah. was able to get it done. So I, Brad Holmes, it's like two years. I mean, think about it. He had three drafts, and all yeah, of them have been great. And, and, and even you the, see it all over his product on the field, all over. Yeah. I mean, I tell you. Uh, even look at Rodrigo last year, right? How big of a role that kid had to play for this team. And now he's a special teams guy, and it seems like he fully embraces it. But that's another one that you look at. I mean, in all reality, Brad Holmes' only bad move was Trinity Benson. You know what I mean? Like, And that's a pretty good track record if that's your only bad move, a fourth receiver on your team. I mean, even the move, you know, I hated the uh, DeAndre Swift trade. Yeah, so did I. Not that, I didn't not understand that they, it. The, why, the, yeah, look, I didn't have a problem with them trading him. If you think Gibbs is better, and he is. Yep. And uh, But why trade him to the Eagles? Because it, the, he could be coming back here if the Eagles didn't fade. But here's the thing. Eagles aren't coming back. So yeah. none of it, none of it has been like. And people could say, "Well, why get rid of Jamal Williams and you know Montgomery?" Look, I always thought a lot of David Montgomery, but he, he's better than I thought he was. Yes, you know, I saw him play like all those games with the Bears and everything. He's always been a good hard runner, but put him behind that offensive line. I mean, he yeah, was still- well, yeah, that makes you wonder too because Jamal scored what seventeen touchdowns last year for the Lions, which was a franchise record, which kind of hurt me inside that this guy that's barely been here is going to go hold this franchise record, but he scored one touchdown this year in New Orleans, and that was on the last play of the game for the Saints, which they had to defy their own coach's choice and do that on their own. So it's like the offensive line that Brad Holmes has built, and it's just it's phenomenal. I mean, I, I get that Ragnar was a Quinn guy, but, I mean, you can't Well, so is Decker, but, but the thing about it is when he looked at his team, he saw he had two things he could build around. Yep, and he went and got Jonah Jackson build. in the draft, and he's been phenomenal for him. And I, I just – you're right. I, I think it's one of those debates that we can have here in Detroit that will last a long, long time. Yeah, and we'll see, you know, that there might be a point where he just blows by everybody, you know. I mean, <laughs> Pat, if he makes the Super Bowl this year, good night, see you later. It's Brad Holmes. Yeah, without – I mean, it's just been phenomenal. I, I – most of the people that we talked about, I think pretty much all of them that I, I knew. I, I knew Nick yeah. Kerbaway, you know, who was the last uh, GM for the Lions, you know. I, I knew him. He was a, like the director of the Michigan Sports Hall of Fame. So all the people we've talked about here, I've known. But uh, I'll tell you this, uh, Brad Holmes has been utterly phenomenal. Think about this, Evan, too. What if Riley Patterson had remained their kicker? Yeah, I mean, what do they make? They didn't change? make the change. Did they make the change to bat? I, I don't think Riley Patterson would have made a fifty-four yard field goal. No, not I don't think he had a leg to do that. Yeah. And you know what? That was the one thing that if if we could have been critical on was 
was the kicker and do you have trust in the kicker and when the chips are on the table they sent him out there and he got it done and it's like you can't ask for anything more right so it's kind of hard to look at it, 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 even somebody like skipper you know how many plays Skipper oh, yeah. makes for him in this like kind of like weird way? You know, the cast off offensive lineman. Well, even going and getting Josh Reynolds, that was a cast off from the Rams, or incredible a Khalif Raymond, or you know, you got uh, last year had to come in and play a huge role for this team, and you got him off the scrap heaps. Look at this Vildor that's playing. You're starting now that you got off of Philly's practice squad. And right now, I bet you Philly would be like, we wish we had that kid on our team. And yeah, watching him whiff in the secondary on tackles. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's 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 super impressive. And I mean, even Anzalone, right? They go and sign him. Where everybody's oh, big like, time, big time signing, big. And time. he and is their best him. linebacker. And and He's the draft of, of Derek Barnes, who started off a little shaky, but now he's a main cog on that defense and. I mean, Pat, you know I've been one of the biggest pessimists when it comes to the Lions and everything that we've seen in, in our time. And he's gone and flipped the script on every last thought. I mean, the Lions of the past, with their former quarterback having the ball down one point with four minutes to go, nine out of ten times that guy won it before this year. And that's not the case anymore. And, th- no. and that's very encouraging and, and, and exciting. Yeah, it's been a, a phenomenal run, but – you can talk about a lot of different things. And Dan Campbell, obviously, has been a terrific coach. And they got really Even good. Even going coaches. hiring him, though, Pat. Having the balls to go hire this guy that had done it a little bit with the Dolphins in the interim. But trusting that guy and, and bringing him in and, you know, the, the firing of Anthony Lynn in that first season. And then bringing in a Ben Johnson. And it, it's like the guy can't do any wrong here right now. It's crazy. It's phenomenal. It is. And uh, – I'll tell you what, at least for the uh, short term, uh, I, I, you know, there's a lot of times, you know me, I'm more of a pragmatic than jumping off, you know, on and off the bandwagons yeah. and everything and look at it. And then I'm the last to just go anoint somebody before their time. And but Brad Holmes has been phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal as a Lions GM. And I think that's the biggest factor in their success, uh, truthfully. Now, they got others. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, Chris Spielman's in the front office and very, you know, he's selfless, you know. So, yeah, but you know, I mean, even bringing in like a John Dorsey that's done it before right. and, and he takes a back seat and just plays his role. And that and that's the thing. I mean, even this this Disner guy that was responsible for this and that. Now he's getting other opportunities to go look. And I think I think this is a huge year for Brad Holmes because if they lose Ben Johnson and they lose Aaron Glenn, where do they go? Are they able to reload what they've been able to do? And and I think for right now, there's never been a better time to be a Detroit Lions fan. That's for sure. So the other thing too, if you look at their front office structure and their scouting staff, he didn't make a lot of changes. No. He implemented change within, you know, what he thought. He gave the people that were there. Uh, so it's Sheila Hamp and the ownership. Uh, like Disner. Disner was hired by Quinn and Patricia. So yeah. uh, the uh, uh, – and their scouts are – people say, well, they got better scouts. Oh, their scouts have been with them for, like, ever, most of them. It's a philosophy, so, right? I mean, it you is. tell them what you want, and those guys are trained to go get what you want. And, and well, so far – what it tells you is that, you know, and I used to hear this all the time, Lions have terrible scouts. And I'd say, well, you know, scouts only bring the information. 
Sure. The person who makes the decision is the key person. And that's Brad Holmes. Brad Holmes is in charge of player personnel for the Lions. And their roster is night and day over a very short period of time. So he deserves whatever credit he's getting. Uh, I think he's been phenomenal. That, <laughs> it's just incredible. And, I, and when people talk about the Lions, Dan Campbell, uh, Ben Johnson, Aaron Glenn, all those people deserve a lot of uh, uh, respect, obviously, golf. But the key factor was the hiring of Brad Holmes, in my opinion. Absolutely. But anyway, enjoyed the conversation, Evan. I know, uh, you know you're happy right now about the Lions for sure. And yeah. uh, and all the moments that we spent, you know, uh, watching them lose those games together, nah, it's not happening right now. They're utterly uh, terrific, and we'll see what happens uh, against the Bucks coming up on Sunday. Uh, until then, next time, don't forget, like us, subscribe to us, download us, Apple iTunes Store, Google Play Store, Odyssey.com, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, always appreciate you listening. Until next time, we'll see you. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.